0: Hello you're listening to shut up and watch this episode number twenty nine I'm Dave I'm Ashley and we're a couple getting to know each other better by uncovering each other's media and pop culture blind spots and sharing the musty movies and guilty pleasures from our pasts each each time one of us gets to choose something the other person's never seen before never seen and then enforced viewing yes happens yes but it's all like for fun. For fun. It's not like torture most of the time. Most
1: of the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it was not my choice this time. No, That means it was, it was your choice. It was
1: my choice.
0: What did you choose? I, I, I mean, what ch- did you choose? I,
1: choiced, um, <laughs> I chose the, it's, I think it's from 1989 uh, movie, uh, Parenthood, which uh, I saw all the time when I was a kiddo. All the time. All the time. I mean, so I was, I guess, eight when it came out. And um, I just remember it was like one of the four movies that TNT showed like every weekend. So it was like fried green. Now I want to
0: know what the other ones are. Fried
1: green tomatoes. Steel
0: Magnolias. Steel
1: Magnolias. And Parenthood, and, I've, and probably An Officer and a Gentleman, which I actually haven't seen all that much, probably. Oh, that's
0: funny, because that's the yeah. one I've seen the most, because yeah. that was one of my mom's favorite movies.
1: <laughs> it seems like Top Gun was, always, oh, and Footloose. Footloose was always on, too. So those were the TNT movies that I saw lots and lots when I was a kid. So else. this is
0: your favorite T- TNT movie?
1: I think so. And, you know, I mean, we can talk about this more, but I actually was, I hadn't seen it probably in 15 years or something like that. Um, maybe longer. That's
0: my line. I say that every week. I know. I haven't seen this in 15 years. <laughs> 15 years. years.
1: Um, but I, I thought it would be, it was a backup choice because hands on a hard body is still um, um, we can't get our hands on it. Ha. Um, <laughs> so this was a backup choice and I thought it would be kind of hokey. It just was something that I remembered fondly but um, I actually think it's a, it stands up pretty well. I was um, and being in a completely different point in my life than the last time I watched it, it actually, I think had some, some really good resonant moments. So,
0: well, I missed it completely because I think by the time 1989 rolled around for me, I was already like a disdainful, snobby, like mm, moviegoer. Naturally. And so like Ron Howard comedy <laughs> family thing, I just think I blinked and walked away or something like yeah. that. And, um, I should have given it a chance because I enjoyed it. Actually,
1: yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so do we have to give some kind of? I think don't should,
0: try don't do not attempt not to summarize, summarize every this. family entanglement that yeah. plays out in this movie. So, we should give an indication of the cast.
1: Yes, so Parenthood is. Um, Steve Martin is the top build. I guess he technically has the largest role, but it's actually an ensemble family uh, comedy drama. Um, it's um, the, mem- the b- members of the Buckman family. Um, so they have their patriarch, um, the father, who I've forgotten his name, um, the oldest son, Gil, who is played by Steve Martin. Um, and then he has two younger sisters, one of them played by Diane v- weist? weist. Weist.
0: Weist. Weist. Just Weist. <laughs>
1: Um, I don't know the actress who plays his other sister, uh, who's married to Rick Moranis and,
0: uh, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't and then their you.
1: youngest brother, who is sort of the troubled, um, Rolling Stones sort, uh, uh, Mozart played by Wolfie, Wolfie,
0: Wolfie, <laughs> it was Tom Hulse <laughs> from, from of Amadeus, Amadeus,
1: yeah. Um, and, um, Gil, Steve Martin's character is married to Mary Steenburgen. Um, Diane Va- Weiss char- uh, character, is divorced, but she has two kids, one played by Martha Plimpton and the other one played by leaf Phoenix,
0: who is, Oh, who is Leif Phoenix? Pray tell. Because oh, he Joaquin. looks a hell of a lot like white, he is Phoenix. Joaquin
1: Phoenix. This is the last movie that he was. So Joaquin as age Leif. 12, 13. Yeah.
0: Something like something that. Maybe like 14.
1: That? I don't know. And, um, and then uh Keanu Reeves and i think his best role as uh Martha Plimpton's uh boyfriend slash husband slash problematic boyfriend
0: <laughs> Keanu Reeves just like he really surpasses himself in this movie yeah. he he gets to play really dumb mm-hmm but actually, really sweet and yeah. earnest at the same time, and it and it <laughs> and, it, and I, he gave he gave a lot more than I realized yeah. I was going to get out of him,
1: and in uh, very small amount of roles. So anyway, this is the story of events that happened to this family um, over the course of you know six months to a year, give or take. Um, you know, I and it's actually kind of like. There are a few scenes where the whole family is gathered together. I think Kevin's birthday party. And there's like a, um, when the prodigal son comes home, there's a big, like, everybody meets for dinner then. Of, of
0: course, Tom Hulse, the prodigal son, is like the favorite of yes. Jason Robards, the the dad.
1: <laughs> and he's always up and to he's his terrible get, get and rich like, completely, Yeah, <laughs> And he shows up with a kid. With a kid, yeah. Yeah, just out of nowhere. Cool is the cool. kid. who you know by the end of the movie you know he can't get his act together he still doesn't get his act together at the end he's always working an angle and gambling away money and you know you know his his storyline is that he's been gambling and the the bookies are gonna kill him if he doesn't get the money, which like I don't know, I don't know if he's just BSing what it, like, everyone. Twenty five
0: thousand dollars, it's twenty six
1: thousand dollars. Which even I mean, like in nineteen eighty nine, is I mean, it's a lot of money, but it's not like kill people kind of money.
0: Maybe it's knee breaking kind of thing. But yeah, it's like a, you know, take somebody. cut
1: off their finger kind of thing, but yeah. not a. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you could you could get you could you know remortgage your house and get twenty six thousand dollars. It's not like a. It's not he's like such a, an a, a BS artist, yeah. and it's
0: so sad to see the way he cons his dad all the time, and how he can do nothing wrong, and then yeah, he finally sees through him.
1: Well, I don't. I think he always saw through him. You know, why is he
0: the favorite? I
1: don't know. You know, he's you know I, his oldest son Gil is a warrior, and you know has to do everything right, and doesn't enjoy his dad's sort of carefree, laid back attitude towards things
0: well and he feels like his dad was never there and yeah. and when he was growing up so they have a big rift in their relationship and he's such an anxious worrier that he's got anxious worrier kids yes he's got like what is it kevin <laughs> kevin kevin is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> kevin like if you look at him the wrong way yeah he's gonna like just burst into tears yeah. he's so fragile and mm-hmm. so scared of everything
1: I love the scene where he loses, well, he's upset because some kid, they're at, like, Chuck E. Cheese's. It's not Chuck E. Cheese's, but it's something like, it's like It's off-brand
0: Chuck E. Cheese for the purposes of the movie.
1: Yeah, and they're there, and some kid steals his quarters, and, you know, he's, like, freaking out because of that. He doesn't want his parents to be involved, and then he loses his retainer, and, like, the scream that he lets out when he re- discovers that he's lost his retainer is like, oh no! It's like, <laughs> I just blew out and, the mic. <laughs> no,
0: well, and the parents are like, it's fine, it it's happens. Fine. Yeah. But he's like having a total meltdown about it. Um, they, have, they get called into school because mm. the school no longer feels like they are equipped to
1: to deal with to it. help him. Yeah. And
0: they suggest some sort of Special education, then they they say, you know, we've got what thirty six kids in the class, and we're spending about twenty percent of Super- our time just getting him through the day, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to hear that yeah. for the parents.
1: Well, it's interesting. I mean that that reflects I think, you know, different you know, how education goes through mm-hmm. stages. Like at the time they were separating, you know, the gifted kids and the special yeah. needs kids. They were separating them into their own classes. Now we've got this thing where people are mainstreaming them. So mm-hmm. like a kid that needed that much attention would usually have like an attendant mm-hmm. that would yeah. that would help them. So, you know, and you know, oh as Gil says he doesn't want his kid to be stigmatized, which yeah you know that's the point of mainstreaming is to prevent that sort of stigma you know yeah to the be- to the extent that you can you know
0: but so this movie it's directed by Ron Howard mm-hmm. who was, i'm tr- I, I wish i'd looked up his filmography before 1989 cuz i can't remember if he'd already had like a huge range this is the movie he right after out Willow. doing <laughs> comedies yeah right well at least i think of things like splash as being mm-hmm. like one of his first did big he do ones. that
1: one yeah 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 i didn't know that so this this movie was right after willow which was his like flop mm-hmm. you know at the time
0: and of course now by now he's done every sort of genre mm-hmm. and dramatic films and comedies and all over the place was city slickers ron howard
1: uh I I don't know I know the they have the same the person who did the music for this is pretty much the same person uh, who did the music
0: for for City slickers. Do you want to do that right now? (laughs) No. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, So it's very weird. Okay, my friend, my friend Don, I'm going to call you out here. Loves Randy Newman. Uh huh. Like Randy Newman as a as a songwriter. and his his career completely outside of the movies, he considers to be like one of the great songwriters. Mm. And um, but what but what we all know, I mean, most of us, because I, I haven't followed Randy Newman's career, is I only know Randy Newman from like these Toy, these Story. Toy Story, Schleppy, mm-hmm. like circus sounding piano numbers mm-hmm. that are so Awful and trite. They make me want to scream.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that—that that is the intro so, to this movie, unfortunately. But I actually, I actually
0: read a little bit about Randy Newman. That's when mm. you said you were doing some research today. I didn't
1: read about Randy. Well, Newman. I was
0: Randy Newman. Like his career, like his his reputation in his career in the music business is he writes really dark social, oh yeah, critis- critical um, songwriting where he chooses a. Uh, he he's writes from the point of view of a character, mm. and they're like they're their characters on the fringes a lot of the time, or extreme political views, and like the song is in their voice and all that. And he's really respected as like writing this amazing stuff. So it's very weird that he has this other thing where he does these trite Disney. Gotta things. make
1: the money somehow.
0: I'm and <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> if you like these songs, that's great, but. They just make me cringe. I can't help it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Then they all sound
0: exactly the same to me.
1: Yeah, I I think so. I think he definitely has like a public facing because like I didn't even know that I've heard some of his albums, which are darker, but you have
0: some of them from your dad's record collection that and I, I listened to one of them once and it's nothing like this at all.
1: No. (laughs) A little more Tom Waits. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So it's tough because he'll choose like a voice that's um, you know might be really racist or prejudiced mm-hmm. or something. You're listening to lyrics like, "Well, I don't want to listen to this." Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, that's like, my, I
1: been my experience.
0: So like some of anyway, stuff, so. sorry for the detour. <laughs> it's it's one of the things that about the movie that I didn't particularly care for. But it is but that's well, just and that's
1: unfortunate because it. it's the lead in. But like, I actually was so. I mean, so I'm not. I'm not a parent parent. I'm a step-parent and actually kind of new to that role. But, like, I feel like this did a really good job of, like, I have this thing where I'm always, like, society hides the fact that parenting is really freaking hard from us and it's a big scam that nobody tells us how hard it is. And, you know, people just go into this blindly. So I have this this narrative that I do. But, like, actually, like, watching this... it does a really good job of representing how hard it is from day to day. I mean, it's a comedy look at it, mm-hmm. but like they have a single mom who's just trying to get by and her kids are like, you know, really
0: disdainful and rude yeah. and, and she can't connect to them at all. <laughs> yeah. and They don't give her the time of day. And yeah. that's what it's like to well, have and, teenagers. And like, time, unfortunately, Gil and his wife
1: are dealing with their child and like, he, you know, feels like it's a failing uh, in him that his kid has got these problems and he's convinced that he can fix them and you know by the end of the movie they aren't fixed Mm-mm. you know they have this conversation like did you think that having a good birthday party and teach and mm-hmm. having him catch a ball in little league is going to fix these issues cuz if you, if you do you're you're fooling yourself man you know so i think it did a really good job of sort of you know this is this is life with a family. There are all these issues and they're ongoing. Uh-huh. And you know, your, your, your daughter's going to, you know, date a stupid guy and she might marry him. And,
0: you but know, you can also maybe accept that. <laughs> yeah. If they're, if they're good for each other in some way. And the wonderful thing is like when Diane Weese gets Keanu Reeves, the, mm-hmm. the Martha Plimpton, her daughter's mm-hmm. boyfriend, Julia, to do I think the is his sex daughter. talk yeah. with um, <laughs> Todd, Joaquin, yeah, Leaf,
1: Leaf, Gary Phoenix. is the twelve-year-old so Gary. Todd and Gary have the sex talk. <laughs>
0: um, that's a really sweet scene. I mean, and then she um, sees a different side of him where he's actually he actually feels a really good role in um, her son's life cuz he doesn't have a dad anymore. Yeah. The dad left, has a new family, doesn't give him the time of the day. And actually one of the best scenes in the movie, one of the most heart-crushing scenes I was just about to say this. <laughs> is when <laughs> Gary the walking phoenix, the 12-year-old doesn't, you know, wants to leave, doesn't can't stand living there anymore and thinks that, you know, nobody gets him and and he's going to call his dad to to go live with his dad. And we see him make yeah. that phone call and it's yeah. so hard to he's watch just a good actor. we don't hear the other side of the conversation no. but you see the heartache and, and that rejection in his eyes and his and his face and and it's also while being witnessed by his mom who, oh, who has f- to decide on the spot she wants to tell him don't give him the time of day he's an asshole yeah. he's going to break your heart and she has to stand there and let him learn that for himself yeah. and it's so hard and it's so painful. It's a really hard scene to watch. Yeah, but it's really good. Well, you
1: know, she not she was nominated for an Academy Award for this performance. That's right.
0: Who? What else? Who else was nominated? Was there somebody? I d- else? I don't
1: know if anybody else was.
0: I know I got another nomination, but I can't remember if it was. It might have been the Randy Newman song or something. It like was that. the Randy Newman song. I remember reading <laughs> okay. about
1: this. Yeah, I'm sorry,
0: Randy Newman. I just don't. Well, like, I mean, I and like to these me, Disney the songs. the
1: strongest. Like I think the the strongest are you know. Diane Weiss and her, um, Weiss and her kids, I think is the strongest story, followed by Gil and his family. And then the last one is the dad and the, his youngest son. The throwaway story is...
0: The, um, Rick Moranis? Yeah.
1: And, and who is the actress who plays his wife? I... I don't
0: know I that. mean, she's the
1: youngest sister, I think. Yeah, so. but
0: we, we already said we don't know who she is. Yeah, so... Carly Jane Kozak, maybe? <laughs> okay. Was her name Susan?
1: Susan, yes. Yeah. So, you know, and and their relationship is kind of weird. Um, they have a they have a daughter who's precocious, and he, and her husband spends all his time developing the precociousness They're trying to make her into a
0: super genius robot child, child, you know, and where they're doing flashcards with her twenty four seven and vocab vocabulary building and advanced math and all that kind of stuff. In
1: the meantime, like I just don't feel like he pays any attention to her or gives her any credence or listens to her in any way in any part of the relationship. Like, I don't even know why they, and then at the end, there's this, this sort of thing where he comes in, she leaves him because of those reasons. And then he comes in and sings to her at work.
0: That felt false. That was like written by, someone else or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know that that was just reaching for easy crowd pleasing hollywood stuff because that didn't feel Mm -hmm. earned yeah because their disconnect and their relationship is really serious and she decides to leave him yeah
1: Yeah. she does leave him Mm -hmm.
0: and then he comes in and the the super uptight you know i want to brainwash our kid with flashcards yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> suddenly comes in and sings a song to her in the middle of her classroom that's totally out of character yeah. that comes out of nowhere and then that fixes
1: everything for well them? and then they decide to have then a baby and they have another
0: child and which and he didn't want to have another yeah. baby so
1: well that's the disturbing scene where he's dripping water through her her diaphragm yeah so, like, this is, like, creepy on, like, all sorts of levels. So she's poked holes in her diaphragm in order to... Rather than to have a
0: conversation about, with her husband. ...about wanting to have another And child.
1: then he is spying on her by... So, like, there's all sorts of trust issues going on there. I don't... Anyway, it's it not the strongest It doesn't seem story. like a great, long-lasting
0: <laughs> relationship to me. No, no. <laughs> it's, the, it's the weakest um, strand of the yeah. story, I think.
1: It's true. Yeah, I mean, it's funny... But it doesn't
0: have the same grounding in reality, I think. Yeah, and, and real emotion as, as the, the, the other. other
1: ones, yeah. And
0: it also is not something that it's kind of an extreme situation too, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. super genius kind of thing. It doesn't. It's nothing that well that I identified with. I'm not saying yeah. I don't have genius kids, but <laughs> but the other things feel like more ripped out of everyday life.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah. Y- the the fight that Diane uh that um Julian what is Diane Weiss's character's name? Helen. Helen. That Julie and Helen have, like that's their first interaction was we see them fighting about something. Um and yeah. and it just feels like a normal teenage mom, kid fight that happens, and then you know, she's got Gary like sort of running in and out of the house, um, not talking to her, just like
0: with his weird paper bag.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that the, the ways that, you know, mentions of sex get creeped in to, to ever, actually every storyline, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> which I mean, like, I mean, feels true. It's kind of, some of it is kind of clunky, like nineties understanding of, of a lot of that stuff though. Like, when uh, Gil and his wife are having the discussion about whether to keep the baby that she's pregnant with, it would be their fourth child. And like, I think he's just like trying to excuse himself from the conversation. So he's like, it's your choice whether we keep it. And she's like, you know, really dude, we're married. (laughs) You know, this is, this is not just my decision in this case. You know, it's so
0: easy for me to make that choice for everybody.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, like I think there's some there's well and the scene where Gil is imagining the first scene where, you know, Kevin catches the ball and he's imagining Kevin is you know, honoring his father for making his life so great just because he coached them in this oh, little yeah. league game. So that's the happiest thing that imagines. And then he doesn't, Oh he, God,
0: that was terrible. He
1: doesn't catch the ball. Oh, so then he so has, he this has this, um, a
0: flash forward fantasy dream sequence, fantasy, or just a daydream
1: daydream. Well, the first one was a day, a positive daydream. This one is a, so the child a day who, nightmare <laughs> who,
0: who didn't win the game and who did terribly. He has a daydream of Kevin being basically the tower shooter.
1: Yeah, from... from And
0: it's played as a comedy. Yeah, yeah. With Steve Martin on the ground with a megaphone, like, trying to get Kevin to come down. It It is such terrible taste. And from another era, because it's just not funny. And I don't... Like I was like, oh my god, this is before Columbine and everything. Yeah, it was before but Columbine. But I still ten years. I before. can't imagine. Yeah, a time when that scene would be written and make it into a PG touchstone. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's just not funny. It's no, horrifying. No. I like, but it's another era. Yeah. Like sometimes we encounter these in 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 older movies. Mm-hmm. I'm not used to it being that recent a movie yeah. where there's that big a disconnect between how something plays. Mm-hmm. Now it was pretty. Then. It's pretty. But I was staring at you and I was like, "They're doing this. This is yeah. happening."
1: Well, and I, I I have to say, probably the last time I saw this was before, so it may have been more so than maybe like twenty years ago on that tower I saw this. Shooting at UT. Yeah. yeah. I mean that was before I yeah, probably well, the last time I saw it was before I went to UT. So,
0: <laughs> so
1: <laughs> I had forgotten about that. So it was kind of like
0: disturbing. That, that's that's another note that's a little yeah. off in the yeah. movie. <laughs> but um so apparently the it was written by um you know, Ron Howard and his usual screenwriters. He had mm. his little gang of screenwriters, Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel or something like that. Oh, and Brian Grazer, his producer that he's worked with mm-hmm. like his entire career. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this all started with them just like, they just kind of crowdsourced all of their actual, mm-hmm funny anecdotes there of, of raising kids and, and their families. So a lot of this material, I think, feels as rich and as authentic as it is because it came out of their own lives. <laughs> like, you've got three great, three or four great screenwriters who came together and said, let's put it all in one family. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll put in the time this happened and the time that happened. And uh, it really works for the most part. Yeah. So it, it does have that sense of observing real
1: family no. life <laughs> I, I i was surprised how successful it felt in that regard to me and like how different it is to watch it from a time when I was the same age as... And
0: now you're a stepmom. As, and,
1: now, and now I've seen these things play out, not from the perspective of the kids, but from the perspective of the mm. people that are responsible for dealing with it, you know, and, and figuring out what the right thing is to do. And it feels, it feels very familiar and very, um, it's interesting to be on the other side of that, you know.
0: I knew this movie was going to be real early on. I think it was like in the beginning, right after the baseball game, Mm -hmm. when they come home and they get all the kids into bed, (laughs) and their only time to spend together is like, well, they're going to get romantic and like make out, and you know, and they're just, they're too tired, slash um anxious about everything going on like oh i gotta meet with the principal we have to meet with the principal tomorrow (laughs) like it's 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 a sunday night it's hard to get romantic when you have to make plans about meeting with the principal the next day so that was realistic
1: yeah it was
0: the parents ain't got no time for each other
1: that's true Well, I mean, I even feel like the you know because the the very opening scene is the Gill's family is at a baseball game together, and it's hilarious. Like they're walking to the car. That's the scene. The scene at the beginning, and they've got like they've got all of their swag that they bought at the baseball game, which is like hand uh, those number one hands, and they got seat you know seed things they've got all this stuff I mean like so I'm sitting there trying to calculate how much money they've spent
0: you're like did they (laughs) just spend like $500 on (laughs) on merch
1: $500 on merch I mean even in 89 it it wouldn't be that much but it still looks like $200 meanwhile I'm laughing
0: at the process of trying to get the kids (laughs) into the the car car, because (laughs) because that's not a fast undertaking you've got one of them who keeps (laughs) getting out and running away yeah (laughs) At least they didn't have the fight about who gets to sit where.
1: Or the kids singing in the back of the car while the parents oh, are yeah. driving. Oh, diarrhea. yeah, diarrhea.
0: That's, that seems like a real thing.
1: Well, just singing in the car is like something you get used to, I guess.
0: Some mornings.
1: Yes, some mornings.
0: I'm listening to the radio. The girls are listening to two different songs at the same time yes. on their iPhones and singing aloud. Yeah in there. But well, I have razor-sharp concentration when I'm driving.
1: That's good. That's good. You need it. <laughs> you got to tune that stuff so, out.
0: So, this cast, we didn't really... I don't even think we mentioned her by name, but Gil's wife, Steve Martin's wife, is Mary Steenburgen. I love her so and much. And she's so wonderful. Yeah. She's always good. Yeah. And, like, what is she up to now? Because I haven't seen her in, in a I while. I
1: want to say the last... She's
0: done a lot of TV, I think.
1: She's been... I don't know. The last, the last thing that I remember seeing her in um, is, uh, um, she, well, you, she's married to Ted Danson, and so she was in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm.
0: <laughs> so before she married Ted Danson, she was married to Malcolm McDowell That's right. from Clockwork yeah. Orange, because they met... I assume on on a movie. I don't know if you've seen. Did you ever see Time After Time? Mm-mm. That's the first time I ever saw Mary Steenburgen. Mm. She must have been in her early twenties or something. Yeah. Late seventies, maybe seventy eight. It's um, Malcolm McDowell plays HG Wells, yeah, whose time machine <laughs> back actually works, and he comes into San Francisco in the seventies, contemporary times, to pursue Jack the Ripper, who's come from East oh, End of London to to um, unleash his. Uh, Horrors on San Francisco. Interesting. It's, it's, I remember, I loved it at the time. I don't know if it holds up at all. I, I don't
1: know. It's like dead again to. Dead but dead. you've got
0: Mary Steenburgen and Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. And David Warner plays Jack the Ripper. Oh my God. So the cast is great. And it's in my city. Yes. Okay. That's my Mary Steenburgen memory.
1: Um, yeah. So she's excellent. Um,
0: Tell me your factoid about Martha Plimpton.
1: Oh, um, so her hair looks awful
0: (laughs) (laughs) throughout throughout the movie.
1: Throughout the movie, um,
0: it's really long and flat.
1: She was just in prior. Just prior was in a movie where she played a a woman with cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know the movie. It was came out the same year. Um, But so they got her this terrible wig that looks like a like a brushed-out Jan Brady wig with the side curls. Um, so that's what, like mid-season Jan Brady... It's not Br- good. Yeah. <laughs> I was really confused. I was like,
0: why does her hair look so bad? <laughs>
1: it looks really bad. And then about halfway through, they shave the under part of her hair. So she just... So the, the shaved part is actually her hair. And then the over part is like a hair piece that she wore. Um so and there's a pretty funny joke about how there's a lot more room uh, now that they've shaved their heads, because g- that's the joke that um that Helen makes when Gary says, you know, maybe I should go live somewhere else. And she was like, there's not a whole lot of room around here. And he was like, but there's so much room now that they've shaved their heads, which I think is a
0: good joke. <laughs> I don't but. think I even heard that. <laughs> so if there was any doubt. OK, first of all, I didn't know that Leaf Phoenix was Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't know who Leaf Phoenix was until I was watching the scene on the mm-hmm. on the phone call when I was just looking at that kid's face and I was mm-hmm. like, that's a Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And and then I said, isn't it amazing how much he looks like Joaquin Phoenix? <laughs> and you're like, I think that is Joaquin Phoenix. And I was like, what? His name is Lee Phoenix. I saw it in the credits and then you, you I think to look all up the Phoenix's
1: like changed their name at some point or, or something I don't think River did I okay. think that was his name okay yeah
0: but um he's ex- he's extraordinary as a 12 year old kid mm-hmm. like we should have known he was going to be Joaquin Phoenix
1: yeah it's it's unfortunate that the first movie that I saw him in was Signs <laughs>
0: <laughs> that can be a problem yeah that yeah. could be a problem <laughs> I, hope that's I
1: still and I still haven't seen the master, so is he's he, so good in that. He's, I heard that he was very good in that.
0: And Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. If, if you liked him.
1: Yeah, I did. I did. Yay. Yeah, I just didn't like all the movies where he was so self destructive, which is the, like all
0: of them. <laughs> isn't that his entire career? I think it's
1: his whole yeah.
0: I don't know about <laughs> Capote, but I, I don't think I ever saw that. I think I saw some of it. Um, what I was going to say is, so we've responded to this movie as Mm. like having all these rich, like finding humor in the everyday and feeling really authentic and stuff like that. Were there any other missteps for you or things that we talked about Rick Moranis? Um, I have one, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Kevin actually catching the baseball and all that and being like a, like suddenly turning into a sports like success. Yeah. Again, seemed like a fake Hollywood, like, what is that about? Well,
1: I mean, I I wouldn't... There's no reason that he would have caught that all of a sudden. I think you're right in that. But I mean, like, the thing is, is, you know, Mary Steenberger makes the point that he's been throwing pop-out flies to him all summer or, you know,
0: trying... But they said that afterwards. Yeah. So you,
1: well I so mean so they set
0: you up for the usual like underdog Hollywood scene where the kid who can't catch anything or do anything right suddenly catches the thing and wins the game and it's like that's not this movie why is that this movie
1: Well I don't I don't know I mean like as someone who played little league sports you know as someone who is not an athlete at all there are just times that sometimes you catch the ball and sometimes you but make the do, point. But does an
0: entire string orchestra play and everybody <laughs> jump around in slow motion?
1: That's, no, no, no one does that. But because um, that never
0: happens to me. But
1: so I think that was part of that. Because there's Kevin's story is that. He's got this difficulty. They're going to give him the summer to see if they can get something worked out before they have to send him to a special school. And Gil doesn't want him to go to a special school. So the two big events that he that that, you know, where Steve Martin feels like he's a good father and he's fixing the thing that's wrong with Kevin is that he is able to um, pull out a birthday party success and mm-hmm. perform as Cowboy Dan or Cowboy Gill.
0: That's very cute, yeah. the Cowboy Gill yeah. thing.
1: <laughs> and then, um, and then the baseball thing. Those are the two things. And then, at after that, they're at Chuck E. Cheese, and that's where Kevin has the freak out about the retainer. He just completely mm-hmm. freaks out. And then there's a scene where Gill and Mary are talking. And she was like, you know, you were fooling yourself if you thought that, you know, a summer's worth of baseball and a good birthday party are going to make are going to fix the issues that he that Kevin has. Kevin needs Mm -hmm. assistance. He needs that. They don't just go away, you know, um, you know, and, you know, he just wanted it so bad for that for that to be able to fix him. But the truth is, he's a kid who, who has issues that needs more support than just. You know, just to have a good time sometimes, you know, he needs he needs strategies to deal with his emotional distress and anxiety and, you know,
0: (laughs) so I think so it kind of works for you.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, I know it's it's a silly moment. There's a couple of them that are like that, like the roller coaster bit during the where they add the roller coaster sound effect during the the it's
0: kind of like the price you have to pay for all the rest of the good stuff mm. in the movie is that it is still a mass audience Hollywood movie, and it still has to have yeah. things like that well,
1: I just I have a problem with that that so the metaphor is set up this after they've had this conversation about you're fooling yourself if you think Kevin is fixed after one thing um you know. They're having an argument about some I forget what and and the grandmother walks in and talks about how she how much she enjoys the roller coaster, which they're using as a metaphor for a kind of a clunky metaphor for life and parenthood and and all of that stuff, and sometimes oh, we to like a
0: flamingo kid with the lighthouse keeper metaphor sometimes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, which which is fine. I mean, like I think that that would have been fine. But then to to sort of tie everything together, the almost the very last scene um, is at the school play, and their youngest son Justin runs up on stage and starts wrecking the play, um, and nobody can get to them because video recorders i was like just move the video recorders out of the way but anyway
0: guys if you think people <laughs> filming things on their phones is annoying you should see the scene of all the parents holding the camcorders in the audience i
1: remember this this is my childhood um the it's hide before of, i was
0: a parent yeah, so, yeah and and nobody was videotaping me the height really.
1: of videotape recording yes. i was
0: i was i went through school pre-videotape <laughs> recording oh, okay. basically
1: yeah so that was that was my childhood was the videotape recording anyway so Justin is ruining the play and like you know gill is having this sort of like stressed out thing like oh my god my kid is making things terrible for everyone and i can't fix it and you know he's got and then everyone around him is sort of enjoying how ridiculous this whole spectacle is and they add the sound of a roller coaster and when he finally realizes that i actually like that really i th- I thought <laughs> i think they could do the same thing without the sound of the roller coaster yeah. maybe you know, I also think the movie could have ended without everybody having more babies. But
0: I was gonna ask you, that was my next question. What did you make of the movie of of the ending? What is the deal with um Welcome to the status quo of our heteronormative like yeah. baby making life? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean so I'll, I'll also say that like, so Gil's professional life during this whole thing is that he hates his job. He isn't able to perform at the level that his parent, that his, his boss. boss wants him to work at because he has a family and he wants to spend time with his family, um, which is an argument for work-life balance for both men and for women. But, yes. <laughs> um, you know, he ends up going back to the job, you know, I mean, I think, I think the official line is his boss begged him to come back or something like that because he's the... He's the one who actually gets things done around there. You know, he's not flashy, but he gets things done. You don't
0: always see the the man making that decision yeah. to, to spend time with his family in yeah. the movies.
1: That's true. That's that's that that is pretty cool. But I just feel like, um, you know, you know, he has to he ends up having to go back to work because they decide to have a fourth kid. Yeah. And like the funny thing is, is when I'm watching this scene where they're deciding to or they're deciding to have the fourth kid like I just remember having a conversation with my brother who has three kids and like um you know they they were told the story like after the first two everything's easy it's just like you know and then you know so I called my brother uh, you know A few few weeks after, you know, and he was like, you know what, it's, it's not any easier to have a third one. It's, it's, it's much harder than two to have three, you know. (laughs) I
0: never understood that myself. (laughs) So, so so, yeah, Uh, it's, it didn't, it
1: doesn't. I mean, you don't go on a roll. I mean, like, I guess if you, if you set up some sort of system where the kids are taking care of each other, I don't, I don't know. But, um, um, you know, it's it's clear there's good and good and bad there. But I, I just it's weird to me that like everyone at the end of the movie. So Julie and Todd have a baby together because they got married and she gets pregnant. And like Diane Weiss has this great thing where she like sort of essentially saves their marriage for the time being. But she doesn't think it's going to last. But anyway, they have a baby together. And then she starts
0: dating the, the biology, biology teacher,
1: teacher, which is a cool. They which have a fun exchange. Nice. Yeah.
0: But it goes from them starting to date to her
1: being having a, a big baby, like a,
0: that she's having a baby. Like a year and a half later, a, they're trying to fake us out with who's having the baby. They just scene. started
1: dating in the show. I know. And then a year and a half later, they have a kid together. So the timing so is the that- movie's
0: kind of going. Oh my god, it's so crazy and insane and hard to have kids. <laughs> but y'all should totally have, <laughs> have more. <some> more. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's the theme of the movie. <laughs>
1: I don't I don't know what they were trying to I they were worried about having enough kids to support the baby booners. I well, don't know what's going on there. <laughs> when um,
0: Mary Steenburgen earlier in the movie is like has is like starting to talk about, you know, mm-hmm. they're about to go off to school and like I have to figure out what I'm going to do next. Yeah. Now, she's now she doesn't have, have another to figure baby, out what so, to do.
1: Um, so so yeah. her and Gil have have a baby and then uh, Rick Moranis and uh, uh, I like how
0: you call him Moranus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Rick and and his wife have a baby. So everybody has babies now? I I Uh don't know. And the prodigal son runs off, you know, to South America.
0: (laughs) And this ended up being adapted into two television shows. Yeah. One about a year after this movie mm-hmm. that only stuck around for a season. If that. Wasn't Coach
1: the dad in that I, one?
0: Maybe. I don't know that I ever saw it. Okay. And then, of course, the wonderful one with Peter Krause. Which is why
1: I chose to show you this, because I know you enjoyed it. So I had that. seen that show, mm-hmm. and
0: I, I didn't watch. I, I, there was a time where I had to bail because it got a little too well, real. Well, they did
1: jump the shark either when <clears throat> uh, Christine ran for mayor or when they decided to buy a school, or both.
0: Oh, I think <laughs> I think I jumped out in between those because I remember she was doing political stuff. I don't know if I knew she was running for mayor. Maybe that's around when I dropped out. She doesn't win.
1: Spoilers! Spoilers.
0: Um, show a, the show was great the first yeah. two or three seasons, and then um, to be honest, when when your dog is like groaning, mm-hmm. okay, she's fine. We have a groaning uh, greyhound on, on the ground. That's hard to say. Yeah. Anyway. The show was good. Mm -hmm. I dropped out when Peter Krause and What's-Her-Name were starting to have problems because it was around the time that I was was separating. Oh, yeah. And it was just, like, too real.
1: I don't remember them having problems all that much. Maybe it didn't
0: last very long. I don't think it lasted very long. Maybe it didn't last very long. Because
1: she bought a school. (laughs) If your son needs to go to special school, you buy one.
0: I I could not afford to buy a school? I have
1: no idea because they live in, like, Berkeley. (laughs)
0: They can't even afford to live in Berkeley. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Because,
1: like, I mean, like, he, the guy is, he's not even an executive. He works at a shoe factory or something like that. Yep. I mean, and I don't understand how Lauren Graham's character you know could what? afford to live anywhere near Berkeley. Great
0: show. Great cast. Well written. <laughs> at least those first yep. few years. I can't, I didn't see the whole thing. Yeah. But. I really liked what I saw. So I did have that connection to this material. Yeah.
1: Well, I just like, think. very the, loosely. The they're not even
0: all the same characters or anything. Well, really.
1: I, I want to say the the grandparents are much better in this. It's like the, well, the, grandmother, the grandmother just barely, he, he you know, just Jason gets, Robards is mean to her. And yeah. then that's it. Like, she doesn't really have a character. She's just there to sort of fill out. Get the,
0: shouted at and walked over. <sighs>
1: Yeah. But um they were the 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 matriarch and patriarch of the family were very good in in Parenthood. And then the Gill character it's Bonnie
0: Bedelia and um and, and coach. And coach. Yeah. Coach. Coach. <laughs> Which I knew his name until yeah. you said coach. Oh
1: sorry. Um Peter Krausa is uh Gil's character, I believe. Lauren Graham is um The
0: Diane Weist Diane
1: Weist r- role. Um with the two teen kids, the where they did the most changing is um, they had Erica Christensen as the younger daughter, um, and oh, she she's good. I she's the that one character. that's like super controlling and uptight, and yeah. her husband is more laid, back, laid and, back. And they had, and they, and I think it's mostly about her trying. Like they have infertility issues, and uh-huh. so is so right. her dealing have... with her infertility issues. Um, and then the youngest they adopt son at some point, don't they? They do. They do end up yeah. adopting. And then the youngest son is um, Dax Shepard. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the ne'er-do-well. The
1: ne'er-do-well. But, you know, he's actually not. He's I mean fine. Like, He's a fine, you know.
0: He lives on a houseboat and he's a, he has a... He's a
1: little slow to start, but he he's run, not. He has a
0: music studio yeah. or something that he starts. With no. Oh, Peter that's Krauss. the
1: other thing. They start a music studio with yeah. with money We bought from a music somewhere. studio.
0: We bought a zoo. We bought a school. We bought a music studio.
1: We ran for mayor. We ran
0: for mayor. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't make all those into movies. We ran for mayor. (laughs) We bought a mayorship.
1: Yeah, I think the first couple seasons were were the best. I did watch, and I think it's one of those shows that ended well. Um, I think they... Did you
0: see it through to the end?
1: mm -hmm. No, I did not. Yeah.
0: I did not.
1: So, I mean, like, it wasn't like, it was a show that I watched, but...
0: I have one more question mm -hmm. for you. I mean, we can talk all night if you want to. It's true. (laughs) The question I have is if this is a movie that genuinely was a blind spot to me because I didn't think I liked this kind of movie necessarily or I was kind of not really, you know, if I liked this, is there anything else that's like this or that this reminds you of that I may not have seen because I thought I didn't like that kind of movie or I just may have missed it because it wasn't what I was seeing at the time?
1: I don't know. I mean, like, I Can feel... Can you be
0: my Amazon customers who, what, liked this, yeah. also <laughs> purchased...
1: Well, should we watch all the TNT movies that were on at the time? Have you seen I've Footloose? I've seen some of... I've seen... I saw
0: Footloose, <laughs> okay. but many years later. It came out when I was in, in, well, in middle school, but I didn't watch it Such a
1: fantastic then. performance by John Lithgow in, the, in that movie. Oh, he's the best thing about so that good. movie. <laughs> um, I
0: would watch that tonight because of John Lithgow. You know... I would watch anything with John Lithgow.
1: You know, I'm just thinking of of movies that that, that were on DNT. Like I used to watch Steel Magnolias like constantly. <laughs> like it was just always on. Um, Fried Green Com- Tomatoes. I see. So I seen- saw that. Yeah, I've seen I, like somebody a somebody made times. me watch
0: Steel Magnolias at some yeah. point. but it's not my thing.
1: Yeah. It, well, it's a play, you know, yeah. that they made into. Well, maybe a, yeah.
0: um, other ensemble movies. Those are ensemble yeah, movies. Well, I'm I don't know. To... Think about it.
1: I I can't think of anything that I. It, that you know
0: and preferably one that isn't a gathering at thanksgiving because i'm tired of that oh no
1: those are terrible all of those are terrible (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to think of pieces of april wasn't that bad as far as the thanksgiving
0: no i think i saw that and i liked it in late 90s it was uh, katie holmes right yeah yeah yeah
1: um home for the holidays with um sarah michelle geller is the not sarah michelle geller sarah jessica parker I would rather see it if it was Sarah of the, Michelle It's
0: One of the worst movies I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds fun. Can Wait, isn't Home really for the Holidays? What
1: is that movie?
0: Isn't Home for the Hol- Holidays directed by Jodie Foster?
1: Okay, that's a different movie then. Or
0: did I make that up? I
1: can't. Maybe it's. I can't remember, but there's a, a movie where Sarah Michelle. No, no, no. Sarah Jessica Parker is dating either. Dylan McDermott or Dermot Maroney. I'm not sure which one. I think
0: it's hilarious. I, <laughs> you, you, always, you never know which one is which.
1: And then she, he goes home to the ho- holidays and it's just like the clunkiest, weirdest movie and he ends up like back with his high school sweetheart who is Rachel McAdams. Anyway.
0: Ouch. I think <laughs> I might have seen this. This is a
1: terrible movie. I saw it in the theater. Ugh.
0: It seems like something <laughs> I got stuck with after a trip to Blockbuster to find a romantic comedy. Back when you had to go to Blockbuster and browse the shelves. It's
1: like the worst romantic comedy I've ever Seen in my whole and she ends up like sleeping with like the guy's brother or something i don't know it's really terrible um i can't think of anything off the top of my head um i'm pretty good about um movies that mean as much as as this mm-hmm. one did you know and you know i i just one of the reasons it it as i just have this association with steve martin and my father i just
0: they all this is our second steve martin movie yeah. we've covered on the show we did yeah. the jerk mm-hmm. also your connection with your dad on 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 seeing that
1: and like i don't i didn't like his character in this is isn't really like my father really other than this sort of
0: not like the one he plays in the jerk
1: no yeah my dad's just like that <laughs>
0: <laughs> did your dad invent any glasses in technology
1: glasses, yeah um but that sort of anxiety that he carries around mm-hmm. with him, that felt familiar. But, like, the, the thing is... is <laughs> Does it, it seem
0: familiar because you're with me?
1: By your <laughs> if, if, maybe it's just all, you know, sensitive males. I don't know, so...
0: <laughs> maybe there's a reason you wanted me to watch this yes. movie. <laughs> it's like looking in a mirror, Dave, isn't yeah, it? No.
1: Yeah, So, right. yeah. Any solid. last
0: and final thoughts on this uh, program?
1: Um, you know, I think... pogrom I do think that this is um, Keanu Reeves' best role that I've ever seen him in. I think it's just perfectly applied, other than uh, Bill and Ted. You know, his particular talent is well applied. Um, he's able to be sweet and stupid and...
0: So you think all in all he's more successful in this film than in Much Ado About Nothing?
1: Yes, I think so. <laughs> okay. And, and, you know, if you were just going to watch this for Diane Weiss. 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 Weiss, sorry. Um, I keep trying to pronounce it in a weird German way. She's word.
0: always good. She and Mary Steenburgen. <sighs> She's so good. Always good. Worth it. Seek them out. Watch their yes. movies. It's good stuff. Always good. Cross Creek. I don't know if that was good, but I saw it. Okay. It had Mary Steenburgen; and she played Marjorie Kinnan Rawlings. Okay. And <laughs> that brings us to a to a point of closure. Yes. On this week's episode. And I haven't chosen. Yeah. As you gave away on a previous episode, it's sometimes an hour before we watch something. Mm. Yes, or even minutes before we watch something. Sure. The final it's opted minute.
1: Made. He has like, like narrowed it down to three, and then he mm. picks based on how he feels at the time.
0: Well, I also try and pick based on the general like how we feel yeah. and what our mood is and what's going on in our week and our life because there could be certain things I choose that mm-hmm. might not complement a particular evening very yeah, well. It's true. With... like Mike Lee's naked,
1: and and Chunking Express.
0: Why right? do you not like Chunking Express? You no, haven't seen it yet. No,
1: I, I wasn't saying I didn't like it. I just say that we—that's one you've had on the list for a while that it's we haven't true. gotten to because this, the mood hasn't been right yet. That's right. I, so I liked Naked. It was one of our best discussions. It keeps getting downloaded probably because we talk about it every time.
0: <laughs> it was such a controversial issue. If you ever want to hear us like really argue about something, don't listen to this episode about <laughs> parenthood where we agree about everything. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we should wrap it up. All right. Thank you for listening. Um, find us on Facebook, Shut Up, Watch This, and on Instagram, Shut mm-hmm. Up, Watch This. Write us an email at This at gmail.com. Subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite podcast apps.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We want to see uh, our, our humble audience growing.
1: I did an Instagram story. Did you see it? I did. On, on Did you,
0: audience, see the I think this is story? The,
1: it's controversial, but I think Seven Samurai Battle was much better than any of the battles oh, we've seen Thrones. on Game of Thrones yes. this, this season. We won't be so. doing
0: Game of Thrones on this show because we both watched Game of Thrones already, so it cannot be a, a secret yeah. reveal, must see sort of thing. Okay. All right. Let's all recuperate from Game of Thrones, and we <laughs> will be back in about two weeks, I think. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.